Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Radio program. Raw and uncut. Jack, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the way live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were a But I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Monday. Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey, and uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Okay, we are live. We are coast to coast. As they say, boulder to boulder, not boulder to boulder. Get a hold of us online over there at J-I-G-G-Y-G-Y-R.com. We are going to go to our first guest who's going to join us here in just a few moments, Lord Conrad. I love his name. Lord Conrad Black. He apparently is in Canada, according to our Skippa Skypa. So we will call him. Apparently, he's in Canada. So, we will go to Lord Conrad Black. No life count. Apparently, they weren't found. Okay. So, let's try this again. Is it a seven or is it a four? Let's try it again. Let's try this again, as they say. We will see if we can connect with Lord Conrad Black. Hello, looking to speak to Lord Conrad Black for his radio interview. Who is speaking? This is James Lowe. James, sorry, what is your last name? Lowe, L-O. Low? Okay. Give me give me one second, please. No problem. No problem. Love that old music. I feel like I want to get up. Get up in the morning. Get up in the morning with 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 with, with Jason. Praise the pays is coming up. You better get ready. We're going to have the live at five. We're going to be talking to the local assembly one later on. He'll be here. Tell us about the, the mills and the levees. I believe we might have Lord Conrad Black. Can you hear us, my friend? I can hear you, yes. Look at that. Look at that. We have got the fantastic Lord Conrad Black with us today. He joins us live here on our big program, The Political and Strategic History of the World, Volume 1. And uh, this is an incredible piece of business. Talk to us a little bit about why you decided to write this incredible book, my friend. Uh, Well, it's Volume 1 of an anticipated three and my reason was that, uh, you know, I've written some biographies, and then I wrote a 
strategic history of the United States, which is essentially just explaining how it, it grew from a, from a few colonies to the greatest power in the history of the world in only two long lifetimes, not, not the entire history of the American people, but the strategic development of the country, and, um, and a history of Canada. And so I, I, I thought about it, and I concluded that it would be possible to do a strategic history, a political history. It's not culture, it's not uh, sociology, although obviously those elements come into it. Uh, and essentially the development of people from clans and tribes in Old Testament times and the, the comparable times in India and China, <coughs> right up to the present, in three big volumes, but but uh, focusing on the activities of the principal historical personalities, uh, 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 which which after all it is people who make history, and you focus on on the people who make the history. Now, for this, some British reviewers have suggested I'm a believer of uh, in the great man theory of history, as if uh, we just went from uh, a series of uh, Juan Perones and. Mussolini's or something forward. Uh, that's not it at all. It's not a great man theory. It's just that people make history. It doesn't make itself. But my theory was, to finish this lengthy answer, um, that the impression resided among people, including myself, that if you really wanted to get a grip on the history of the world politically, you have to spend 20 years doing it and read dozens of volumes of a thousand pages or more. And that is not true. You can get a fair, accurate, and readable summary that is not flippant and superficial and is informative in the length that I've aimed at. And, and I'm three-quarters of the way through the second volume now, and I'm up to the time of Shakespeare. So, you know, I'm getting close to the modern era. So that was my reason, uh, James. I, I thought it was something missing and and something that would make uh, the very broad range of political history accessible to a much larger number of people than is now the case. Fantastic. Fantastic. So take me through your writing process. Did you use outline? Did you use notes? How did you bring this thing to life, my man? Well, I used a series of, of books as my guides for the different things I was writing about. And so I would read them in advance and make notes in the margin. And then put the material on my desk just beside the keyboard and and then I, I dictate onto the screen. I don't type it onto the screen. I dictate it onto the screen and, and, and you just go through it sequentially. Now, preparing the material takes, uh, takes you know, where you read a lot of books about a lot of different things. Uh, it takes a good deal longer than actually composing, uh, comp composing the text. Now, once you've dictated it out, obviously, uh, you know, I have to go over it and go over it more than once to avoid repetitions and move text around and make it as readable as I can. But at least you've got something there in the screen to work from. Uh, I mean, my uh, you know, friends of mine who write fiction marvel at the, at the rate of production, but I point out to them I don't have to rely upon my imagination for much. I mean, the material is there. And and so uh, you know that that part of their composition of uh, of a novel, for example, consisting of imagining the plot. I don't have to do that. I, the plot the the plot is the history, and that is the subject. That is amazing. We have got Lord Conrad Black with us today. He's a Canadian-born. British peer, former publisher of the London Daily Telegraph, The Spectator, The Chicago Sun-Times, Jerusalem Post, and the founder of Canada's National Post. And he is a great historian, and he joins us today here on our big broadcast, The Political and Strategic History of the World, Volume 1, by the fantastic Lord Conrad Black. And he joins us today here on the telephone talking a little bit about this incredible, incredible book. So what do you want readers to take away from your writing, Lord? Uh, please call me Conrad. I mean, my title... <laughs> okay. uh, no problem. My, my title... Uh, unfailingly, along with the correct fare, gets me on the public <laughs> transit system everywhere in the world. It's, it's useful for making dinner reservations in London, but I wouldn't, 
I don't push it in this country. That is I mean, awesome. I don't, I don't push it. That's amazing. Uh, you know, you're in a Republican country, and I, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Um, <laughs> that is awesome. They, they, um, uh, you, you, you asked what I was really trying to do, I guess. Well, yes. you know, it's, it, it, I, I am one of those who agrees with Mr. Churchill that if you, if you read history carefully, uh, that, that if you aspire to be a statesman or a politician or even a person simply informed on, on public affairs and government, the, the, best, the best basis you can prepare yourself is to read history that is responsibly stated. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's all kinds of quacks and, and charlatans who write you know, myths about people and claim that, uh, you know, uh, Hitler's still living in Buenos Aires and some unheard of person wrote the works of Shakespeare. But I'm talking about, you know, re- responsible, reliable history here. And, um, and uh, so I'm just trying to make it more accessible and readable to a larger number of people. Now, in, in fairness, it must be said the Internet has helped but the internet isn't a tool of history alone. That is a small part of it. But if you sit down to look at the history of countries and use the internet, it, I mean, it isn't always good. It's very uneven quality, and some of what they what they put there is disputed. But at least it, it, it it's easier than it was when I was a young person. And if you wanted to do the same thing, you had to go to the public library and read a great many books. You know, take them out, take them home, and read them. Uh, that's still helpful, but. Things are more accessible. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to take it one step further, where uh, an affordable, readable set of three books will give you uh, all you reasonably want to know about the political history of the entire world. And if you want to focus more on it, of course, then then you then you say you want to focus on the American Revolution or Napoleon or something. There's a vast literature you can get into, but it, but it's not up to me or anyone else to establish what individual readers might wish to specialize in, if anything. I mean, we, we, you and I and many of your listeners would know people who have whole rooms of their houses filled with books about the U.S. Civil War. I mean, there are various periods that are extremely interesting, and very, very widely studied both professionally and as a hobby by people. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving, obviously, I can't give that level of detail. Uh, I mean, you know, I know someone who, when all else fails, when I go to dinner, which it rarely does, he says, look here, what did you really think of Sheridan's conduct of the campaign in the Shenandoah Valley? Well, you know, I, it's a, you know, he won, didn't he? It was a successful campaign. What, what else do you know? But, but the, the, my point is you've got, you've got the basic facts and, and, a, and a reasonable, and if I try to make an interesting summary of the, Leading personalities, both both the admirable ones and the, and the terrible ones. I mean, the, the, look, the appalling people in history are often just as interesting subjects as the thoroughly admirable ones. But I'm just trying to put it out there and make it accessible to as many people as possible. That's awesome. Well, we are going to do this. We are going to take a. 60-second timeout, and when we come back, we are going to keep chatting here with Lord Conrad Black. We're going to take a 60-second timeout. We're going to place him on a brief hold, and we will back with more here on our big program. guest lord conrad black and he has got an incredible incredible new book uh conrad talk to us a little bit about the reviews and some of the different feedback you've gotten on this book so far uh, very positive so far but in, in fairness it's just out and i i don't um i don't have a lot of reviews but the the, the uh I, the, what i referred to was really um one in the London Spectator, uh, and, and and it was certainly a positive review. Uh, the the individual um, 
uh, when he said, I was a believer in the great man theory of history, uh, he didn't say that disapprovingly. Uh, he, but, but, I mean, my point is, uh, you know, if you don't name the people who, who actually made the history, what kind of history is it? You, you know, it's like saying, uh, you know, the Second World War happened to start. Uh, uh, we needn't bother saying who started it or why, but it did start and it went on for six years. And I, I mean, it's nonsense. It's a nonsensical concept. Uh, he, he, the one issue he took with me was, um, he thought I was hard on the assassins of Julius Caesar, you know, Brutus and Cassius. I said they had no more excuse than John Wilkes Booth or Lee Harvey Oswald. You know, I mean, at least those people were uh, mentally deranged, and and, um, uh, and and I mean, that's not in, in any way exculpatory, but it, it it in a way softens their guilt to a degree. But uh, in the case of Brutus and Cassius, they were people that. Caesar had done a great many favors for. As senators, they had pledged allegiance to him. Uh, Caesar had even pardoned a betrayal of Cassius's, and and Caesar had been intimate with Brutus's mother and did a lot of favors for him. And and uh, and the senators stabbed him when he arrived at the Senate. And uh, and these are the same people who who made him dictator for life, which he never even asked for. So as far as I'm concerned, they're just assassins. And I said they are no illegal. I mean, I, of course, they're more substantial people than Lee Harvey Oswald, but, but their, their excuse for what they did is no better. And in fact, it probably not, not even, as I say, not mitigated by insanity. We have got a great guest with us today. Lord Conrad Black is with us. He joins us live here on our big program. So, where what are some of your goals for this book? Oh well, I, I you, you can get it on Amazon, and I think I think you can get it on. Uh, you mean in your area of Kansas? I'm not I'm not you know I'm not too familiar with the book outlets there, but I, I think the larger bookstores should have it. But if there's any problem with that, just just get it from Amazon. They'll deliver the next day or That's a couple awesome. of days. That's awesome. So where, where, where do you see this book headed? What, what, what are you hoping that this accomplishes? Well, uh, I, I, you know, all of us who in any field uh, put a lot of work into something hope it will be successful and well-received, whatever it is, whether we're, you know, painting a painting, writing a book, or conducting a radio program. So I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I just hope that, the reviews consider continue favorable, and that it, it, it frankly let us uh, uh, let us embrace the theory that confessions are good for the soul. Uh, that I that that I that it accrues to my reputation as a historian. Uh, so, but my objective wasn't exclusively some kind of uh, professional enhanced status for myself. But, uh, as I say, I'm trying to make history more accessible because I am concerned just as a uh, as a citizen of I'm a citizen of both Canada and Britain but as a citizen of the western world I'm concerned at how badly our knowledge of history has deteriorated I mean I, I have a lot of American cousins and when we were young we would sort of debate points about Canadian and American history and I was always impressed with how much they knew about the history of the United States, even though they knew about it in a slight, from a slightly different angle than what I had learned, but but we had a lot of fun with those discussions here at Christmas time and things when we'd all get together. And I, I, but I don't find that now. I mean, I, I find that in your country, in the United States, as in as in Canada and and uh, parts of Europe that I'm familiar with, people are much less knowledgeable of the history of their countries than they used to be, and I think that is a bad thing. We have got a regrettable thing. Conrad Black with us today. So, Conrad, what and is? By the way, may I add? Yes. One, may I add one thing to that. Um, I've I, I just add this. In the case of the United States, I, I am very distressed when I see these um, extensive media uh, uh, focuses on. Uh, alleged shortcomings and shameful things in American history. Of course, bad things happen in the history of every country, and they shouldn't be hidden. But the history of the United States is an admirable and successful history. 
and and I can only take it. I do this in the friendliest and most respectful way. I can only urge anyone who's listening to us who's an American not to become demoralized or um, impressed by the theory that there's anything shameful about the history of the U.S. There are regrettable episodes, but it is a glorious history, and and it's a great country, and and uh, all of us owe principally, not exclusively by any means, but principally the United States for the tremendous expansion of democracy and the free market economy in the world. And, and, and don't allow anyone, uh, foreign or domestic, to talk you out of that. That's awesome. Well, before we let you go, uh, where is the best place for people to keep up with you online? Uh, I've got a website. Uh, unfortunately, I forget what it is, but um, uh, and I and I, but if you just, I I, I, I think if if you I I, I I know this is ludicrous. I just forget where the website is. But if, if you no, you're, you're not the only one. I have I have an author and a musician that I talk to on a weekly basis, and ev- he does fantastic. And then at the end of the segment, I always let the guest plug, you know, where the book is or where the, you know, all the various things. Sure. And he never, he never can remember his website. He has gotten to the point where he's Well, in fairness, it it's my son who, <laughs> who has more to do with operating it. And, and, and so I, I, it's not as if I'm suffering from amnesia. I just don't <laughs> have occasion to mention much. But I, look, I think, if, I think if you just Google my name, you'll, you'll get the website. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, you'll also get a Wikipedia article that is about half accurate, half inaccurate. But <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not awesome. a shrinking violet awesome. hiding under a rock somewhere. You're, if anyone's curious about me, it's easy to find out a lot. Well, you are amazing. I hope to do this again, sir. And uh, thanks Anytime, for making some time for us, Conrad. You're amazing, my man. Bob Dole was a friend of mine. He was the, he was the Kansan awesome. I knew best. He was a great man. That's awesome. Well, you have yourself a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. There he goes. That is Lord Conrad Black today here on our big program. We're going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we've got our next guest, Black Loaded and all that stuff. I don't know what the heck I was going to do. I'm going to do something. I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking at myself. Maybe I got If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. A jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-763-8517. That's 800-763-8517. Right now and get 50% off installations with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-763-8517. That's 800-763-8517. 800-763-8517. You work hard to provide a better life for your family. The only problem is that you now have a tax bill that you can't afford to pay. The IRS is now threatening to garnish your wages and put a levy on your bank account. You can't ignore the IRS. They won't go away on their own. You need help, and you need it now. Give us a call now, and we'll create a plan of action for you that we guarantee will work. Stop the harassing phone calls. Stop the threatening letters. Stop wage garnishments. Stop any bank levies. And most importantly, put an end to your tax nightmare once and for all. 
If you have a tax debt of $10,000 or more, call the tax pros at United Tax Fix today. Representatives are standing by to assist you. Call 800-678-7027. 800-678-7027. That's 800-678-7027. Call now. Attention people with Medicare and anyone turning 65. Are you enrolled in the best Medicare plan available? The average Medicare beneficiary has a choice of 54 Medicare plans, 766 Medicare Part D prescription drug plans, and a record 3,834 Medicare Advantage plans. How do you know you have the right plan? Simple. Call 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. The service is free. You may find a plan with a $0 monthly premium, $0 co-pays, and $0 deductible. Don't gamble. Speak to a licensed agent to find out which plan is right for you. Call 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. And let Best Medicare do the work for you. Okay. Let's do this. We're going to go to our next guest. He's going to join us here in just a few moments. Call him on the old Skipper Skyper. Oh, Skipper Skyper. You know, I always say that that's what Johnny would say. Although, that's not anything Johnny would say. He would never say this guy was Skype. But it happens. So we're going to go to our next Hello? guest. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. How are you, my friend? Thanks for being with us today. I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good, actually. So uh, let's talk a little bit about your latest project. Uh, tell me a little bit about how we, how we find it and how we get a hold of it and all the pertinent details. Well, it's uh, the Shadow War, Iran's quest for supremacy, and it, uh, it actually sort of predicted everything that's going on right now in the Middle East. I finished the manuscript in May of 2021. Uh, it was released about, uh, about six to eight months ago, and I was trying to warn audiences that Joe Biden uh, was going to lead us to our ruin uh, in the Middle East, unless he seriously reversed the Obama-era policies that he was implementing of appeasing Iran and letting Iran get the nuclear weapon. And here we are, right on cue, uh, staring down a major regional war that could likely go into a world war, because, of course, Iran is partnered with China and Russia, uh, if we're not careful. And so, um, you know, the, the book advocates for a return to the Trump-era policies in the Middle East. Trump did not seek to invade the Middle East. He did not seek to escalate tensions there. What he sought to do was to identify and preserve core U.S. national interests there by aligning ourselves much closer with the Israelis and the Sunni Arab states, notably the Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Arabia uh, to contain Iran uh, so that we wouldn't have to risk a wider war in the region. Because if our partners on the ground, who are very capable and who understand the region far better than we do, if they could work together better and contain Iran, there'd be no reason to fear uh, the advent of a third world war, because Iran would be contained. It would be kept in its box. That is awesome. We have got a great guest with us today, the author of The Shadow War, Iran, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Brendan J. Weikert is with us today. He joins us Weikert. live. Weikert. He joins us live. Even better. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 Brandon, this book, uh, The Shadow War, talk to me a little bit about your writing process for this incredible book. Well, I uh, basically, I used to work in government. And one of the first issues that I dealt with in the national security arena was dealing with the Middle East. Uh, that was sort of the big thing that was going on when I was in government. Um, we were dealing, obviously, with fallout from the Iraq war. We were dealing with the Afghanistan issue. We were also dealing with uh, the, uh, the, the Arab Spring at that time. And so I had always sort of kept my eye on the Middle East. Now, I am not a fan of the Middle East. I uh, prefer to focus on other parts of the world. 
But uh, I recognize its importance and I recognize the dangers of getting our policy in that region wrong. So I sat down and I analyzed, like I said, in 2021, I sat down and I analyzed what didn't work and what worked over the previous 20 years in the Middle East. And what I determined was I needed to write a book because Biden at that point was just really kind of coming into his own as president. And I was very concerned by some of the patterns that I was witnessing uh, that he was bring, you know, engaging in the Middle East and that he, the people that he was bringing in to advise him, many of them were the same failed people who messed us up uh, you know, in the Obama years in the region. And so I sat down and I started writing a book about Iran uh, and its threat and sort of what it is and what it isn't to us. Uh, and I did a deep dive into the history of the regime. One of the things that I tackled early on in the book was this notion that the American left loves to spread, which is that basically the reason we have Iran as a problem today is because America illegally overthrew the duly elected government of Mohammed Mossadegh in, uh, in 1953. But in fact, what I found was that Mossadegh was actually the one who illegally usurped the Shah. The Shah, who was the king of, of Iran, he was the legitimate government. He created a constitutional monarchy. The Iranian people in the 1930s and 20s wanted a constitutional monarchy. His father created it. Then when he took over uh, after World War II, he maintained it. And Mossadegh was a socialist who was backed by the Soviets, didn't like it, pushed the Shah out, and then you know, tried to create his version of a presidential democracy with himself as the president. And then the Iranian people, the middle class, the clerics, and the military said, no, we want the Shah back. So they reached out to the British, and the British were already angry at Mossadegh because he was nationalizing their interests. And so the British helped those pro-Shah generals in Iran develop a plan to get rid of Mossadegh. The British needed America's help. And then we came in at the last minute and kind of helped push that over the line. But contrary to popular opinion on the left, and as it's taught in modern campuses, it was not America scheming to you know, gain imperial holdings in Iran that led to the coup. It was the Iranian people who didn't want Mossadegh, many of them at least, and we just did their bidding and we implemented or returned rather the duly elected government, the government of the constitutional monarchy with the Shah as the head of state. And so this lie that's been spread has basically influenced left-wing policymakers for 70 years, they assume that we were in the wrong and therefore we have to play nice with the Islamists in Iran because they're only in power because of a negative reaction to our illegal actions in 1953. That is not the case. We have got a great guest with us today. The author of The Shadow War joins us today here on our big program. So, Brandon, uh, you've put a lot of time and effort into the book. What do you want readers to take away from your writing? What I want them to take away is that Iran, first of all, under the current regime, is our greatest threat in the region. There's this notion, and I understand it, uh, you know, that after the two failed wars in the Middle East, after 9-11, we just want to be done. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to commit to anything there. And I agree in general with that idea. But the one thing I disagree with is this notion that we should pull out and then basically hand the region over to the Iranians. Because if we do that, the Iranians are going to then basically build their own empire there by crushing our longtime allies, the Saudis in particular, and the Israelis, bringing in the Russians and the Chinese with the new Iranian empire. And oh, by the way, they're going to then keep pressing against American power everywhere because the Islamic Republic of Iran is anti-American. It does not want to see American power projected anywhere. It doesn't want to see our interests protected ever because they hate us not just from a geopolitical rivalry standpoint but they hate us from a religious standpoint the regime is highly religious it is a shiite 12 faith which means that they have a very radical millenarian astrology and they look at uh, what they're doing in the region creating all this chaos all this war and conflict as a prelude to a wider war that they will initiate once they get nuclear weapons to free their Messiah, the Mahdi, from the, uh, the occlusion, the, the, the myth 
that the, the Shiites tell themselves is that their 12th Imam, who's their Messiah figure, was hidden uh, in another realm, and that he's waiting to be released in, in a time of great chaos. And when he is released, he will, of course, anoint the true believers of Iran into a position of power over the rest of the world, and that they will rule as the, the true masters of the world. And of course, that's an insane proposition. But as a side note, and I point this out in the book, the Iranian Messiah is the exact same description that the Christians have for their Antichrist. So we're also setting ourselves up, if we keep letting Iran get stronger, we're setting ourselves up for a really nasty holy war, which is something I don't think any American wants to be involved in, is a major holy war in the Middle East. We have got a great guest with us today. Uh, Brandon Weikert is with us today. He is the author of The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. And he joins us today here on our big broadcast. We've got Sandra Lee coming up here in just a few moments. But uh, this book, The Shadow War, is absolutely amazing. Do you have a follow-up or anything planned for this book, Brandon? Um, well, I'm I'm thinking about it. I um, not not right now. The next project I'm working on, I'm almost done with. I'll be done within two weeks for a November or October publication of this year. Is a book called A Disaster of Our Own Making: How NATO Expansion Doomed Ukraine. As, and as you can tell from that book, it's an expose on how the United States and its partners in Europe basically led Ukraine to the slaughter in its current war with Russia, and how basically Russia's going to come out of this thing stronger, and it's a failure of decades of primarily Democratic Party policies uh, toward Europe and NATO, and how we avoid it, and how we can basically mitigate the damage, and that starts, of course, by getting Trump in office. By the way, the answer also for the Middle East uh, is to get, ensure that Trump or somebody like Trump takes power this November uh, because we can't survive another four years of what we've had. Fantastic. We are going to be going to our next guest here in just a few moments. Uh, and uh, so before I let you go, how do we get the shadow war, Brandon? Well, I would say, please go to your local bookstore, but you know, those are dying, unfortunately. So if you don't want to risk not finding it, I would recommend just go online. You can find any of my books on Amazon, on Target online, Walmart online, Barnes and Noble online, any of those book providers, uh, they sell them all my books uh, on online. And so you can have it dropped off right at your house. And I'm working on getting an audio book done. And I'm also working on getting some signed authors copies available at my website, the soon. Fantastic. Well, Brandon, thanks for making some time for us today. Thank you. And uh, you are amazing. Thank you, my friend. And we will talk to you Thank soon. You, sir. There he goes. The fantastic Brandon J. Weikert with us today here on our big program. And uh, we are going to go to the fantastic Sandra Lee. She joins us here on the telephone. So, Sandra, talk to us a little bit about what you have for us today, my friend. Well, I think I'll talk about Dear Donald. That's what I always talk to you about. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, because I, I really like him. I believe in him. And I I can't even tell you how horrible I think Joe Biden is. It's like, what on earth? How does anybody vote for that man? This is the most confusing administration I have ever witnessed in my life. Joe Biden seems weak and dizzy to me. He's not serious. He's always confused. I'm tired of seeing shots of him drooling over an ice cream cone or gushing over some child or being practically held up and handheld and carefully guided by his wife up the stairs or off the stage. He's feeble and limping and fumbling his words. He cannot stand up and deliver a speech or <coughs> a presentation for more than a minute or two. Man makes me choke, honest to God. That is amazing. The man makes me choke. That is amazing. He makes me choke. He's so unpleasant in so many ways and so inept. And not doing a good job as president, in my opinion. Donald Trump, on the other hand, is robust 
and tireless. He's articulate and funny. He can back up his ideas and political positions with proof that they work. You know, we've seen what he did. We know that it worked. When Donald Trump was president, the economy was booming. You know, that's just the way it was. Black men were feeling inspired by him. You know, he's very well liked by the black community, men in particular. The women are going to follow suit. But the men really like him. Hispanics like him now. That His popularity among Hispanics has grown because they see what he does for each group. It's real. Things get better for them, and they respect him. The poor feel elevated. They don't feel that way right now. The middle class felt secure. The college-educated women were warming up to him. You know, they finally got off their high horse. I don't know who they think they are. Get real. This man made a real difference in a positive way. Biden is a nightmare. He, he His policies are dangerous, whereas Trump's policies kept us safe. His, Trump's policies kept the border safe, you know. My God, the border crisis in this country, James, since Joe Biden has been president is nothing short of a disaster, a nightmare, a profound danger to the country. Even all the northern cities now that have these, you know, special feelings about having people come into the country and we'll take care of them, and, you know, they don't feel that way anymore because they're overrun with migrants. The cities are absolutely overrun with them. They're getting uh, poor care for their own people. And, and the citizens at the border crisis feel that, that the whole situation is unruly. It's like an invasion of the United States. Tens of thousands of immigrants from all over the world wanting the American dream, wanting a, a free ride, it would seem. And you know what? It's not just the United States. You know this is happening all over the world. You know, people are thinking, why should I put up with this? Poor nasty country. I'm going to go to a better country. This is happening. I want to go to a better country, she says. Yeah, well, everybody's overwhelmed. They can't handle all the people from poor countries, needy countries, evil countries, bad countries. It's taking over the cities and the schools in countries all over the place, but more here in America than anywhere. And why would Biden do such a thing and not protect our border? It's because. He wants voters, the Democrats. He doesn't want anybody to vote for Republicans. But he feels that he does a favor this for this people, these people. They're going to owe him. And that's what he's doing. It took us a while to figure that out. And soon, these immigrants are taking over our jobs, our housing. Texas, God bless Texas. God bless Texas. That's right. Oh, I love Texas. I've been to Texas. I've been to every city in Texas. It's a really? Place. You've been to every city in Texas? Every city in Texas. That is badass. <laughs> so I with Jesus Christ Superstar all over the country. In Texas, we had shows everywhere. The Bidens endorsed a nightmare at the border in Texas. But the Texas governor is standing up against them. And more than 30 states are supporting the Texas governor in his stand to to put a border wall in Texas and to stop this invasion and protect the Texas border. You know, the whole we're talking about thirty states joining Texas to say enough is enough. We don't want these immigrants coming immigrants coming in from all over the world. Of course, we're Give us your tired, your poor. Of course we're caring about those who are needy. But this is out of control. It's enormous, it's overwhelming, and we cannot manage it. And Biden is only looking to buy votes and get rid of Trump. And he's not going to win because people are starting to move toward Trump. Are you watching the Trump elections around the country? I mean, he's winning by a, a large margin. And it's not going to stop. You know, the, 
mental hospitals are, are emptying out their patients and sending them to the United States. Many criminals, they're emptying out their jails and sending them to the United States. I think China is sending all kinds of people to build terror cells and, and strengthen China's power that they have over the United States. America is just beginning to wake up to this. With Trump, we were not at war. With Biden, we have nothing but trouble going on all over the world. He definitely failed his exit to Afghanistan. He fantastically expensive Biden costing us a fortune, leaving fortunes and weapons all over the place. His departure was absolutely a, a disastrous departure when he left Afghanistan. With Trump, Putin in Russia was not a threat. With Biden, Putin has invaded Ukraine, and the U.S., thanks to Biden, has spent fortunes defending Ukraine with no end in sight. Biden is, does not have a good plan. With Biden dumping billions of dollars in the lap of Iran, we have emboldened Iran and all the evil Iranians, the funds that the Iranians have, are being used to attack Israel. Biden is like crazy. He's telling us that he supports Israel, but he's giving fortunes to Iran. What sense does this make? This war is escalating, and Biden's role has been weak, confusing, and effective in terms of creating any kind of peace on Earth. That's for sure. This is the most trouble the globe has been in in a long time. Thank you, Biden. China is a breath away from overtaking Taiwan. This has all happened in the short time that Biden has been in office. When Trump was in office, we had world peace. Have you noticed the difference? Biden funds and and spends a lot of things that Iran wants to do, showering them with money, appeasing them. Reagan, who was like Trump, when he was faced with Iranian threats years ago, you know what he did? He destroyed half of the Iranian Navy. One, two, three, done. How's that for peace through strength? You can't let these people win because they want to devastate America. They want to devastate all kinds of places. They don't want us in the Middle East. They certainly don't want Israel there. When we've had 50 calm years without Biden, now we have Biden and all of a sudden everything's falling apart. So I'm worried about that. Biden does nothing. Iran wants to dominate the Middle East and destroy Israel. And Biden wants no escalation and offers all kinds of money to Iran. And it's a mess. Like it or not, we are at war with Iran. They have attacked us now 156 times. Biden acts like nothing happened. And Americans are being killed. This last week, Americans were killed. Biden is spineless and has sold out all over the world. He's been bought. If you ask me, and I mean, he really has been bought. There's nothing but corruption when you, when you check out everything that Biden has done. And he doesn't care about the chaos at the United States border. doesn't care. He's being bought, and he just wants power. I think the man is evil. I'm sorry, James. I know that seems extreme, but I have to tell you how I feel. I've written two Trump books. I finished the third Trump book. I like Trump. I like DeSantis. I know it's a long shot. But I would like to see Trump as president for four years and DeSantis as president after that. DeSantis as his VP. You think I'm crazy? Not so much. People don't think that's crazy anymore. They're starting to talk about it. I was the one who sounded crazy a few weeks ago. Not so much anymore. The happy ending that I have for you today, James, is that America is fed up with Joe Biden. All of America. 
almost all of America. He's losing voters by the gazillions. And his favorability is unbelievably low. And God willing, he's on his way out. And so I have my way. Donald Trump, God bless him, and Ron DeSantis, God bless him, are on their way in. Hey, you got to have a dream. And I have a dream. And that's that Donald Trump will be our next president. And in four years, he will work with Ron DeSantis as his VP. And then Ron DeSantis will become president. And we'll have years and years of sanity in this country again. We have got Sandra Lee with us today. She joins us live. She is always entertaining. Uh, so, Sandra, before we let you go, how do people get your books? Well, they go to Barnes & Noble, and they look for Dear Donald Four More Years, and they look for Dear Donald Letters from the Loving Deplorable. That was the first book I wrote. And all my books are letters. I write letters. I like to write letters. It's a fun way to put a book together. And now the third book is Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. I'm sitting in Cleveland. I have a home in Florida, a home in Cleveland, and I spent many years living in New York. And Florida was blue and warm and cozy and great, and Cleveland is cold and the skies are gray right now, and we have snow. And so I picture... Dear Donald, a rainbow in a winter sky. He takes everything that's bleak and cold and he turns it into something that's hopeful and a dream come true. The man is really brilliant. I know sometimes his personality is overwhelming, but God bless Donald Trump. He was very effective. We need him to come back again and save this country. Well, Sandra, I really appreciate you making time for us today, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. My friend. You too, Kim. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Here she goes. That is Sandra Lee. She's always interesting, folks, I'll have to say. That is that. That wraps it up here for this edition of our Big Big We've got more on the other side. Go to our website, cheekyjaguar.com, for more and on-demand archived audio available on Talk to and I With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.